It's time for episode 80 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March 25th, 2015. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where time is of the essence. I'm your host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined by absolutely no co-host today, as Jason Snell is away, <laughs> let's say, on, on assignment. So instead... This means we can take him over, right? Yeah, this is, this is the coup episode. We'll call it okay. coup-wise. Yeah, that's a terrible name. Don't quote me on that. Uh, instead, we have three wonderful guests, some of whom you've heard from already. To my direct left, theoretically speaking is freelance business lady extraordinaire, Jessie Char. Hi, Jessie. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, opposite me, across this virtual table that we've set up, is the co-host of The Rebound and very nice website proprietor, John Moltz. Welcome back, John. I'm trying to figure out, are these are, are your arrangements around the table geographically... Uh, correct or no, you're you, just throwing if, you're just throwing them out yeah if you think too hard about that i think okay. you're gonna have some serious <laughs> geography questions okay all right I'll, then i'll just let it go and at the let's say nine o'clock position on the clockwise face is another returning guest and the co-host of uh the accidental tech podcast and i believe analog right here on relay fm mr casey Liss. hi casey Hey Dan, how are you? I'm doing well. Do, did I pronounce analog right? Do you have to say analog way? I know there's a there's a dispute there. The, the yeah, spellings. it's just so. Uh, yeah, I, I made that concession to put the UE on the end, so Mike Hurley, the uh, co-owner of Relay FM, didn't uh, evict me. So oh, really that's it's just analog. <laughs> He's not here, so nobody knows. Exactly. All right. So since I'm the only host today, I get to kick off the topic the the our uh, runaround with my topic. Apple TV rumors. Uh, is So we've heard news in the last week or so that the Apple TV might see a revamp this June, uh, including potentially Siri and maybe at long last apps on the Apple TV. Is this something that you guys are excited about or is this a rumor that only Gene Munster could love? Jesse, what do you think? I'm probably the number one fan of Apple TV. Wow. Um, I thought everybody loved it until like I tweeted about it once and everybody was like, Apple TV sucks. <laughs> Um, I, I, I like love it. I use it. I mean, I use it almost as much as my computer because I, um, a, a lazy hobo, uh, at home. Um, I love it. I'm excited. I don't even care. I don't even care what they do new. I don't care if there's apps. I'm just, I just like, I love the Apple TV. It's probably like the most Apple fanboy thing about me. Like I, like I, you know, can take or leave the watch, like gold MacBook Air is great. I love my iPhone, but I like <laughs> I love Apple TV. So I'm excited about that. That's all. End answer. <laughs> John, I just uh, I just wanted to point out that uh, Jesse does a killer impression of everybody. On the internet, everybody on the internet. Uh, no, I'm. You know, I mean, if I'm not excited about this, then what am I going to be excited about, really? Uh, the this is kind of what we do, right? I mean, we sit around and we be excited about stuff like this. So, yes, I am excited about it, uh, if only because I have the second generation uh, Apple TV, and I haven't pulled the trigger on the third generation yet. It just wasn't that different different enough to really do that, even with the price cut. 
So, uh, you know, I'm looking for something that uh, brings more features and um, is just a new shiny box that I can put next to my television. It's not shiny, John. It's matte black. Everybody knows oh, that. Oh, it's going to be shiny. Mine's going to be shiny. Because <laughs> you're going to use it so Casey, much. Casey, what do you think? Um, you know, I'm not that into the Apple TV. Uh, with apologies to Jesse. Uh, it's one of those things where I can recognize that my experience is unique or at least not the only experience. Uh, I have my Apple TV wired, uh, hardwired into the house network, and I've tried it wirelessly, and the thing never works the way I want it to. Airplane, airplane, be it mirroring or otherwise, is a constant struggle. Getting it to work with Netflix is difficult. It's just been a royal pain. And actually, on your recommendation, recommendation Dan, I had recently purchased an, an Amazon Fire TV stick, which I've actually come to quite like. So... Am I excited about the new Apple TV rumors? Just fix the one I got, man, and I'll be happy about that. But I'm sure whatever apps are available, if that becomes a thing, I'm sure that they'll be cool. And I'm sure, knowing me, at some point I'll have to renege on everything I've just said and say, oh, my God, Jesse was right, and this is the best thing ever. So I'm cautiously optimistic about new Apple TV. I think at some point we all have to admit that Jesse was just right. I mean, that seems like the way it goes. I think so. Uh, I'm with you, Casey. I I have an Apple TV, and I used it for a long time, but I've switched over to the the full-fledged Amazon Fire TV just because it's got a little better support. The AirPlay thing bugs me a lot, though. Not so much in the Apple TV, but I bought one of those AirPlay speakers that was on sale a while back for like 50 bucks. I was like, oh, this will be great just to have around, and I'll use it in the kitchen when I'm cooking and stuff like that. It's terrible. Like, it never works when I want it to. Like, the thing always disappears from the AirPlay menu and it's like oh, why did I, that was a waste of the $50 even on sale uh, but I'm glad we're all excited about that I personally really like the idea that Siri might show up on the Apple TV I don't have no idea what form that would take but I feel like yeah, I really I really just can't talk to enough of my gadgets right now I'd like to see that rectified <laughs> uh, Jesse do you have a topic for us today I do. I do. Man, you guys, AirPlay is like my life. Um, So obviously, well, I hope obviously, uh, wearables are not going to start and end with watches. So my question is, what else do you think or hope people might come up with? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, It can be silly. Well, (laughs) how about the ring? That's a thing right now, right? Was you, who was it? Was that was that uh, was that? Um, it was Hockenberry. Craig Hockenberry, yeah, yes. Craig mm-hmm. Hockenberry. Before the Apple Watch came out, uh, postulated that maybe Apple was doing a ring instead of doing a watch, so there would be no real interface. It would just be tracking information and perhaps doing things like, you know, the sort of unlock your door kind of thing. Uh, so maybe there's a maybe there's a niche there for people who don't want notifications. Uh, but would rather have, would still want the health stuff and still want to be able to, I don't know, maybe you could still even Apple Pay with your Apple Ring. Also, Green Lantern fans would be all over Also, that. Green Lantern fans. <laughs> Dan. Also for Dan. <laughs> like, Dan needs to pay more attention to Apple wearables. <laughs> you see, I think he already needs an intervention. Casey, what about you? Uh, you know, I was going to say the ring. So since uh, Moltz has stolen my answer, <laughs> um, what I will instead <laughs> say, and that perhaps this is a little myopic of me because I wear a belt every day and I know that <laughs> not everyone does, but I think like a, like a bat belt sort of thing. How cool would that be? You know, with, with all sorts you of want a utility belt? Is that what you're saying? Like yeah, those marquee totally. ones like a... that people can program to say like, what up? 
that they sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but less cheesy and ridiculous. But I'd, I'd like something cooler than that. Maybe instead of a scrolling marquee of cool. LEDs, I want like a full LCD display so you can see like an image of me waving to you from my yeah. crotch. How awesome Like instead of AirPlay, it's like crotch play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounds truly horrifying, Casey. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Peek into your psyche. Um <laughs> I was trying to think what there was some sort of sci-fi franchise or something where people all have their little like uh, like clip-on earrings that are like their communications devices. I kind of oh, yeah. feel like that's like the, that's a natural evolution of like the Bluetooth earpiece, right? Is everybody's going to have these little things that like clip onto their ears, and that's you'll just get everything piped into your into your directly into your ear canal, so you won't even have to have, worry about headphones or what have you. Um, I think that the I don't know the glasses space is weird because it's something that not everybody wears. Um, and so, you know, having people walking around wearing augmented reality glasses or something who don't actually need glasses seems strange. And I think it would have to be a heck of a lot less obtrusive than Google Glass. But I think that, you know, given the number of people who are working on stuff like that, that the glasses seems like a pretty obvious place because it does make a lot of sense in terms of having, you know, information displayed right in front of your eyes. Uh, but it also terrifies me. So I, I don't know that I want <laughs> Apple to get into that space, but I, I'm hopeful that if they ever did, it would look a lot better than Google Glass. Um, I'm surprised <laughs> that none of you guys said eye patches in light of Ooh. our friend John oh, Gruber. Um, <laughs> right. And the, the branding's already there, eye patch. Exactly, exactly. Um, the only one that I could think of, I, this is this is, you know how like everybody's using like the everything is a fitness tracker, like everything is a fitness tracker. I thought that it would be cool or maybe terrifying if there was like some sort of like a, like a retainer or like a tooth cap that like tracks what you <laughs> ate for people on diets. I think that that would be pretty funny. Uh, you know, making sure you chew your food all the way so you don't choke, counting the calories, making sure you drink all the your eight cups of water a day. I don't know. Just, you know, weird I, stuff. I think that I think a retainer and a retainer perfectly dovetails with with Google Glass oh, because yeah. you know, it's like it's like the two things as as a teenager when that you pro, you might have started having to wear that you desperately did not want to wear because yeah. everyone was going to make fun it, of well, you because either of them. like nerdy yeah. teenagers or like old men stuff. So like maybe like a pocket watch or something, but a night brace. <laughs> yeah, a cane. <laughs> <laughs> Smart cane. That's where it's at. All right, that's two topics down and two topics to go, so we'll take a quick break here at halftime to recognize our sponsor for this week. This week's Clockwise is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash clockwise. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash clockwise. lynda.com is the your one-stop shop for all sorts of great courses, learning how to do pretty much everything, whether it's master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, pretty much anything you can think of, you can go to lynda.com and find a way to do it. Uh, it's more than just software too. For example, tax season's coming up. If you're trying to figure out the income tax fundamentals, there's a lynda.com course about that. If you want to figure out how to keep a budget in Excel, there's a way to do that. If you want to learn about the foundations of color, and as someone who is not very good with color, I could probably use some improvement there, lynda.com has a course for that. All of these courses are available with your one-time membership fee per month. You can watch uh, videos from all sorts of top experts, people who are really passionate about what they're telling you 
you about, which is great because it really helps you engage in the learning process. You can stream all of these video courses, which are produced in Linda's professional level studio. You can watch them at once or you can chop them up into bite-sized pieces and watch them when you have the time. So you can browse over to lynda.com and see all of the many, many hundreds of hours and hundreds of topics that you can learn about all for one flat rate. So regardless of whether you want to learn how to, say, take on Photoshop or, for example, figure out how to get up and running with If This Then That, you can find out how at lynda.com. So sign up for your free 10-day trial today. Visit lynda.com slash clockwise, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash C-L-O-C-K-W-I-S-E in case you can't remember how to spell the name of our show. Thank you so much to lynda.com for sponsoring Clockwise Halftime and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over and we're back into our next two topics. John, what have you brought for us today? Well, uh, it's a good thing that we're talking about wearables because I am here to tell you that don't wear them because they are all going to give you cancer. Uh, according <laughs> to Nick that's Bilton. That's not a question. <laughs> according to Nick Bilton of the New York Times, who wrote a somewhat loosely sourced uh, discussion on how it seems, although there is no conclusive evidence from studies, it seems that there are enough inconclusive studies to point to the fact that, yes, wearables are currently giving you cancer, even possibly the Apple Watch, which you don't own yet. So uh, what do you think, guys? Do you uh, do you think that all these wearables are just going to give us cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Casey, take it away. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm happy to lead this wonderfully uplifting topic <laughs> off. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, if, if there are actual studies where people actually use the scientific method to actually figure things out, then I'll react. But sitting here now, I doubt it. And certainly there's enough microwaves going through my body between the Wi-Fi and the microwave oven and everything else around me that... I'm screwed no matter how you slice it. So I might as well enjoy the little time I got here. So give me all the wearables. Give me all the all the cancer-emitting uh, wearables. Just strap them to me. I'm ready. In the world, you're taking everybody's pain Every, to yourself. Every that's, single that's, one. Yeah, I think that's there, big of you. There's an old saying, I think, somewhere that uh, everything good in life is either illegal, immoral, or fattening, and everything else causes cancer in rats. So <laughs> falling under that, I mean, I kind of feel like I'm Maybe going, that's it. Yeah. Maybe it's rats. It's, maybe they got... <laughs> They Take should be rats. studying that. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I think that, like Casey, uh, you know, there's not really any scientific proof of this. So I, I think that article was, was pretty, well, that was the thing. pretty yeah. roundly terrible. Um, right. People have not even concluded whether or not cell phones give you cancer. And those have far more powerful uh, radiation coming off them because they have to talk to, you know, cell phone towers, which are far away. Uh, and so the Apple Watch, which only has Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, neither of which have either been shown to cause any sort of health risk, unless you're those strange people who seem to be sensitive to Wi-Fi. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about that. Plus, it's on your wrist. So, like, you know, yeah. whatever. Wrist, <laughs> wrist cancer is really kind of the lamest <laughs> cancer. <laughs> So I'm I'm not super worried about it. I don't think the Apple Watch poses a major health risk. I'd be, you know, more I love when they always say, you know, oh yeah, don't you don't use your phone up next to your head. Use your Bluetooth earpiece. I'm like, that still uses radio waves, people. What kind of magic do you think is happening here? So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off and not be too worried about it. Jesse, how about you? Um, we're all slowly dying. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean just in general. Yeah. Just in general, right? Yeah. So live fast, die young. All right. Uh, Casey, I think that brings it around to you. 
Yes. So I tend to, for some reason or another, get nostalgic when I'm on Clockwise. So what I was curious is, what was the first software or tech-related service that you can remember paying for? Oh, my God. You're, you're, thanks. That's a good one. So I'm, I'm casting back. Um, there were a couple different ones. I think most of the earliest stuff that I ended up paying for was like uh, an ISP. Um, and so I think while I had a couple, I probably had like some AOL. I definitely had an eWorld account for a while um, back while Apple's uh, dial-up service still existed. But I definitely remember paying for a local ISP, which I think cost me something like 20 bucks a month for dial-in access and a shell account that I could like Telnet into. Um, and I had my own, that was like where my first web page was hosted and all that. So I remember, I remember paying out for that, um, because at that point, you know, in the mid nineties or so, if you wanted to get online, there were not a lot of options. I mean, you could always use something like AOL, but AOL was pretty cruddy. Uh, so you would do, instead you would do what I did as a teenager in the nineties and, borrow repeatedly borrow credit cards from your parents and then just cancel when the 30-day trial was up and just see how many times you can make that work um which turns out was not very many times depending on how many credit cards you have at least i never got to the stage where i just started signing up for credit cards so i could log into aol for another month but i think it was definitely online services for me i probably didn't get into the whole paying for software thing until a little bit later jesse what about you Oh, I have been trying to. Re- I, I read this question last night, and I've been trying to remember what the first piece of software was or tech service, and I can't remember. So my answer is going to be the first song I bought on iTunes, which mm-hmm. I think is probably the earliest time that I spent money on a digital thing. Um, so I hope that counts. Um, and the, it, I bought a song on iTunes. It was uh, the Rafe Von Williams Fantasia on a theme of Thomas Tallis because that's where I was at when I was a teenager. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you there you have it, John. Uh, <clears throat> well, obviously I'm going to date myself here, um, but uh, Genie oh, was the wow. first online service that I used, which was really nothing more than you know. Very command line interface type of thing, uh, run by run by GE, yeah. you know, who has of course stayed with us and, and become a complete powerhouse in the tech industry. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I, the only reason I joined it was because I had one other friend who had a computer, and that's the service that he used. So it's like I had one guy I could email, uh, and and they had chat rooms and stuff like that, and I did that for a while before uh, joining CompuServe and. It was so and much then, easier yeah, to maintain back. inbox zero when there was only one person. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but somehow I still, I failed to do it. <laughs> I, I probably did not know how to delete emails. Well, plus they were sacred. Why would you want to delete them? That's right. Uh, yeah. Someone had sent me a letter. Yeah. So, so my answer, the first thing I can remember paying for, which was when I was a kid, I was probably 10, 15 years old and I'd saved up, you know, allowance or job money or whatever to give my parents the money so that I could use their credit card and buy a piece of software called Kali, K-A-L-I. Yeah, I remember that well. And what that allowed you to do was a lot of the old DOS games from back in the day would allow you to play your friends either via null modem or via dial-up or via an IPX network, which I don't think I've ever knowingly seen an IPX network in the wild. But what was interesting about Kali was it would let you treat the internet as one massive IPX network. And so you could play games like Descent 
uh, multiplayer across the internet, even on these games like Descent that weren't really designed for that. And eventually, you know, these games all built that functionality into their own executables. But at the time, this was just mind-bogglingly awesome. And it had, you know, an ability to seek out games and see who was playing which games and how, and I think even maybe how good they were at the game. And it was just amazing. And it was like, somewhere around 20 or 50 bucks or something like that, which when you're 10 or 12 or 15 years old is a pretty significant amount of money. And, uh, and I gave it, gave the money to my parents so that, so I could use their credit card and play video games on the computer. And it was amazing. Wow. That Those is were the days. Hardcore. Yeah. I remember it using the whole, like, uh, dialing into other people's modems to try and, and then you could like talk in a text terminal really briefly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. that was, yeah. D- speaking of dating ourselves, um, Those are our four tech topics for this week, but we've got just enough time for a bonus question. Today's bonus question is brought to you by Chipolo. Have you ever lost your phone or keys and spent hours looking for them? Most of us have, but thanks to Chipolo's Bluetooth item finder technology, those days may soon be over. Chipolo is pretty cool. It's a little plastic disc that comes in one of nine colors. You can attach it to your valuable items like your keys or your phone, even drop it in your purse, and then you can locate any of those items using the free app companion app it's even got a shake and find feature you just shake your chipolo and your phone starts to ring which makes it easy to find that device even if it slipped between the couch cushions chipolo even has its own network lets you share with others so you can all track the same item it's expertly designed loud enough that you can actually hear it and features replaceable batteries so unlike other bluetooth item finders if the battery dies in your chipolo just pop it out and get a new one don't have to throw out the entire device and replace it you can get your own at chipolo.net that's www.chipolo.net and now this week's bonus question seems like everybody's traveling lately jesse i know you just got back from the uk and as i mentioned at the top my co-host jason snell is also over in great britain right now Uh, i was curious if you have a favorite locale abroad that you visited or that you'd really like to visit jesse um, I was just in London. I just got back and I loved it so much. I want to go back every day <laughs> or just maybe live there. You Instead, maybe just go back and stay there rather than going back every day because I think you save a little money that way. Yeah, you know, I just, you know, I, I also like San Francisco. I got a cat. I can't just leave That's her. right. You have they, her they, have, they have very strange, at least they used to have very strange rules about bringing animals into the country. So, it's yeah. a weird yeah. country, but I love it. John, what about you? Uh, well, I spent a bunch of time in Japan. And the last, but the last time, so I lived, lived there for like, maybe like about a year and a half. And, but the last time I was there was 15 years ago. So, uh, I would really love to go back since I speak some of the language and I love, love, love the food. So it's, it's like being in Tokyo and just being able to walk out and get incredibly good sushi or really good ramen, like within two blocks is kind of an incredible thing. So, cause we can't do that here in Tacoma, unfortunately. <laughs> and I would love to be able to do that again. Casey. So I will uh, make up for my Apple TV slander by saying that my answer would have been London had Jesse not stolen it from me. So instead, I will say um, that a couple of years ago, I went with my wife and actually Marco Arment and his wife to Munich. And we didn't really know what to expect, the four of us, when we got there. You know, we figured, oh, there, there will be beer and sausage. And there was plenty of beer and plenty of delicious sausage. But um I really loved Munich and I was surprised how much I love it. And I would love to go back and spend a little more time there because we were only there for a couple of days. So 
I'd love to give that a shot. I will say Munich is beautiful. Beautiful. I've been there. Um, I would like to go to Japan. Maybe John and I should take a trip to Japan. That's, that's oh, yeah. on my list. Um, I lived in Scotland, in Edinburgh, for six months while I was in college, and I really loved it there, although it's the one place on earth that was more dour than where I went to school, which was Ithaca, New York. So I don't really... <laughs> I need to start going abroad to nicer, like more climate-appropriate uh, places. Yeah. But I do love Edinburgh. It's a beautiful city, and I'm really looking forward to getting a chance to go back there at some point. So thank you all for helping me improve my travel bucket list. And I I think we've hit the end of the show. So it remains only for me to thank my guests. Jesse Char, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. John Moltz, thank you for coming back. Thank you. And Casey Liss, thanks for being a presence on the show as always and bringing your nostalgia to all of us. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and so I will say only to remember to watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.